Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. The season is in full flow and JB, we are too. Um, if you do not know who JB is, if this is your first time listening, he's our resident Wolves fan and I am our resident West Bromwich Albion fan. Uh, it might seem like a strange combo, but JB, what do we do? Um, quite long story short, mate, we chew the fat across the Wolves and the Albion each week, usually, and sort of dissect what we're up to, where we're hopefully going. Um, a concept we sort of brewed up a couple of years ago um, in those dark days of lockdown. But uh, we've come this far, the sun's shining today. And uh, here we are, um, looking forward to another a week of, of, uh, of good football, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. It's a long way from those cold, dark lockdown days. Um, mm-hmm. If you are listening for the first time, give us a follow at BCR Pod so you can get in touch with questions in the future and interact if you need to. Um, quick word, JB, before we start on um, the opening weekend of fantasy football, um, it, I'll, I'll start by saying it's a very congested league. I think about 30 points separates top from bottom. Like It wasn't a huge, huge spread on game week one. Uh, yeah. You're currently in 19th out of 20th on the Black Country Ramble. Um, thanks, thanks for telling me, mate, because I wouldn't have an absolute clue. <laughs> I, never, I never pay attention to it. I'm awful. I'm on one of the players that set up a team and I haven't changed it. I'm awful. Yeah, Ryan Ain't Nuri didn't do you any favours, mate, with uh, no. with his own goal. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the reason I am bringing it up is not to not to have a go at you, JB. It's to shout out Brad. Um, Brad is a Newcastle fan, um, but he is top at the moment. Um Brad is a good, good friend of mine from uni, um, but he's just waltzed into the Black Country Ramble. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, there you go. He's top at the moment, but that won't last. Um, I'm sure I'll catch him. Uh, let's go <laughs> my goal for the season, finish above Brad. Um, normally, we start with trivia. Today, we start with FPL. We might do an FPL shout out each week for the person with the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. Good that, might work, that might work well. This is yeah. live production, ladies and gents. Um <laughs> Uh, but on to trivia. JB, um, there's been a lot of talk about transfer fees at the moment, uh, particularly at Wolves. Um, what's Morgan Gibbs White worth? How much is um, Gonzalo Guedes coming in for? All this stuff. Um, so I'm going to go with a transfer fee-themed um, trivia question this week. Yeah. All you need to do, JB, and listeners, you can play along at home. All you need to do is rank the following four players who Albion and Wolves have signed over the years um, by how much they were signed for. That's wow. all we need to do. So, for example, if I say Steve Bull, um, he was like pennies, wasn't he? Um, yeah. but if, or if I say um, Peter Wingy, he was more expensive than Steve Bull. Um, with good readers. I'm going to back out of saying that. I was going to say, with good readers. <laughs> Careful. I'll, I'll stop with the backlash. Um, so, yeah, all you need to do is rank them in order of... Um, how much they went for. You can go top to bottom or bottom to top. I don't mind. Okay. okay. Player number one. You might want to write these down, JB. There's only four. Yeah. You know, you might want to write them down. Player one. Yeah. Idei Brown, Nigerian international for Albion. Okay. Number two. Rui Patricio. Yeah. Number three. Ruben Neves. Number yeah. four. Nasser Chadley. Now, I've wow. tried to go for four players which are in roughly the same region. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, none of them are free or none of them were like... Yeah, yeah, sure, so sure. You're in the same sort of region. Wow, okay. I'll read them once more for the listener, JB. We've got Day Brown, Ru Patricio, Ruben Neves, Nasser Chadley. Who's the most expensive? Who's the least expensive? Okay. Well, that's phone, mate, because I'm going to be dead honest with you because you, you just popped out with the words none of them are free because I was absolutely convinced Rui Patricio was on a free. Um, convinced well, if we think if we think back, to be fair, maybe I shouldn't have gone with him. Nobody knew the fee for a real... Yeah, it, 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 oh, oh, that was it. He went to a tribunal, didn't it? Yeah. Um, right, so okay. Because there was the mass walkout of the sporting That's team. That's it. That, that was it. Yeah, that was with it. Rupert Tricio, with Rupert Tricio, um Are we going on his? Tri- are we going on his tribunal fee? Oh yeah, I've got it on transfer market. So transfer okay, market, okay. I, okay. I think I sort of remember what it was. I think. Right. Okay. Crikey. I think I know uh, roughly three out of the four where they were money wise. Oh, that's a great question. Really good question. Oh God! Um, I'll give you a clue on Chadley. Um, the fee that 
Albion bought Chadley for from Spurs was the highest fee that Nasser Chadley ever went for in his career. Yeah, okay. Also the highest fee that um, anyone's ever paid for Rue Patricio. And definitely the highest fee that anyone's ever paid for a day Brown. And I think the only fee anyone's ever paid for Nevers. Yeah, so all these players have never gone for more than they went to. Sorry, went for when they joined Albion or Wolves. Okay. Right, so I've just grabbed it. Just grabbed a... I've actually grabbed a pencil. Um, old, old school. Um, names down, JB. We'll do the answer okay. later on so the listener can play along as well. Um, mm. It's tough. It's tough. They're all very close together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Neves and Chadley. Okay. So I think I'm just going to just drop what I think they were initially down for. I think he was 0. 0.7. I think, oh, was he 15 or 18? Who do you think is the most expensive out of that list? I've got me dead honest with you. I've got absolutely no idea. I think I've got an idea of, of the problem is I've got no idea about that brown lad. Not yeah. a clue. I, he, he could have been 10 quid or, or 100 million and I would not have a clue. Um, yeah. the, day brown whereas, whereas the other three, I, I, I remember because there was lots of, there was, I remember there was loads of memes and talk when, when, when the, the price you pay for Chadley and he, he wasn't particularly grateful, he was a, um, no, he wasn't, and I remember a lot of the talk of how much money he'd wasted. So, oh, 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 Brown, what's his name again? Day Brown. Wait, who did you buy him from? Uh, we bought him from somewhere in Russia, I think. Uh, yeah, okay. oh no, we bought him from Kiev, so Dinamo Kiev, so yeah, right, Ukraine. Chadley, Chadley, I'm gonna go. Okay, I think I've got, I think I'm, oh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to come back to me, young? Just, just to go for it now. I will, I'll come back. I'll come back to you, mate. But okay. word, who do you think is the most expensive in that list? I'm going to go left wing. I'm going to go that that brown kid because I don't know him. So I'm just, I'm just okay. going to, I'm just, and I just, yeah. I think sometimes you overpay for pay for players from that, from that, from eat from Russia in that way. Yeah. Um, a fair point. We, although that's where we got Adam Wingy from, and he was a bit of a bargain. So yeah, yeah. No, sure, sure. Mm. Yeah. Right. I'll have another little thing it, and maybe. then come back to you, mate. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, one of those four players did feature this week for a black country team. That player was Ruben Neves. Um, yeah. As Wolves got off to a pretty underwhelming start result-wise against Leeds. JB, yeah. you've said to me off-air that you don't think that was a fair reflection on the game. Uh, talk me through it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like sort of going, oh, you know, we, we deserve more out, out the game and this, that and the other. Because ultimately... The, the result is, is what goes on the league table at five o'clock on the Saturday afternoon. You know, you, you can be the, the most dominant team for 90 minutes as, as much as you want, but if you don't get the results, that's all that matters. Um, but I think I think on, on reflection of the game, I think we, we were the better side. Um, I, I think obviously Leeds, Leeds had a couple of spells where there was sort of, you know, the crowd was was, was sort of gearing them up a little bit and that they came at us at times. But generally, I, I think I think we were the better side. We controlled it. Um, we created more chances and we were far more comfortable in possession. But it was just, again, it, I feel like deja vu, a little bit, just that lack of, uh, just just that lack of, um, what's the word I'm after? Finishing touch, if you like, you know, that that, that in, in that final third, you know, we we, we, we missed that, 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 that focal point, that, that spearhead of, of the attack. And even though Huang actually... <laughs> I didn't have a bad game actually. To, to be fair, he, he actually did quite well, and and you know he looked he looked quite sharp. He, he's not an out and out striker. When you're playing a four two three one, you know you need that out and out striker um, to sort of spearhead that that formation, and we missed that. Um, so yeah, it, it was a fun, really funny game to, to watch. It wasn't it wasn't by by any stretch of the imagination one of our better performances. But I think Leeds will have come out of that game thinking, Christ, we, we, we got away with that one because we didn't. They didn't particularly play that well, but at the same time, they weren't particularly troubled. At the same time, mm-hmm. it, it was a bit of a like you said, a bit a bit, a bit underwhelming across the board. There were some good moments. There was there were some basic moments, but it was quite underwhelming. Um, and there were flashes of some things that I liked, you know. I think I thought Collins looked look, look good. It was nice in us playing a back four, which allowed us to venture forward with more purpose and vigour. Um, 
obviously I know we'll get onto that in in, in a bit amongst some of the things that have happened in the last sort of few few days. Um, but he set his stall out now with that back four, which definitely allows us to push forward. It was a shame that Aitnori had such a nightmare because he's been exceptional in pre-season. He was one of our better players last year and it just wasn't his day on, on, on Sunday and all to, uh, on Saturday, sorry. And it was, you know, the, 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 the Leeds goal. I mean, our first goal was a really well-worked goal, really good goal. I'll just touch on that. Very, very good goal. All, all, all the front sort of three slash four players were involved in the build-up. Neves picked it up. Um, to start that move off and it, it, it was a good goal sort of a quite fortunate finish if you like the way he bounced over the Leeds keeper but they all count um, and it, it, like I say and in reality we should have probably kicked on a little bit then but we seem to have this habit and I know the ebb and flow of, of, of professional football means that when a team is losing then there's naturally spells when they come at you but there's just this thing with, with Wolves and Leeds where we, we seem to we always seem to take the early early lead again. I'd love to see the stats. I should have looked at this before we we, we recorded, but for, for the reference for the viewers, we are recording at nine o'clock on a Wednesday morning and me and Kieran both look half asleep still. So I should have probably recorded this. Um, so researched this before we did this, but we all seem to take um, early leads, early goal, gosh, early leads against leads. That's yeah. why I got confused then. Um, and then we just seem to just sit back and attract, you know, um, constant pressure. I don't know whether it's just a psychological thing or what, but it just always seems to happen against Leeds. Um, and mm. we, we, we we sort of struggled to sort of, we didn't take advantage when we did have the possession after that and the chance that we did. And it was a really poor goal to concede. I'm not quite sure why I know he was trying to dribble past two players in his own box. He sort of tried to dribble past one, got tackled, but then got away with it and tried to do it again rather than just oofing it into Rosehead. Um, and then Sar should have saved it at the near post. To be honest with you, look, the guy did it, it, it nice and clean, but the Sar should have should have it, should have saved it. The second goal again, not great from from a Wolves perspective. And then we pl- applied a bit of pressure as the game went on, looking for that equaliser. But it was, it was a little sort of almost too little, too late. So yeah, it was underwhelming. It wasn't the, the picture perfect start that, that ideally we envisioned. But listen. You know, we've gone into that game. We've had a last-minute injury to Moutinho, so the, so the formation and and, and um, the personnel had to be tweaked a little bit because obviously Moutinho was out, and at the moment he's an integral part until, with fingers crossed, we bring in a another top-quality midfielder. Obviously, playing without an established out-and-out number nine, if you like. Um, so we weren't going in at full strength by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, I think there's things to build on, but there's lots of things to learn from as well, and. If the fixture computer could have thrown up, and this is no disrespect to Fulham, by the way, at all, um, because they they performed admirably and very well against Liverpool and were well deserving of their point. Um, if the fixture computer could have thrown up a sort of a bounce back game, if you like, um, sort of Fulham at home would be the perfect fixture to do yeah. that. Yeah, you um, want to play one of the newly promoted teams. You want to play one of the newly promoted teams at home. You know, the, the sun's going to be shining. It's going to be an absolutely packed house. Um, so it's the perfect bounce back fixture and like I said that, that's no disrespect, disrespect to Fulham so yeah I, th- I think like I said good in spells underwhelming in others quite a few mistakes to learn from um, and, and fingers crossed we learn from them pretty quickly yeah it sounds like a very standard um, opening day weekend um, yeah. my, my sort of take on the game was that Wolves were much the better team that is reflected in the XG as well um, Wolves with 1.3 XG leads 0.6 um, I'm not sure if the own goal will count as XG. Believe yeah. Um, so I think that might be why that that day is slightly skewed that way. But yeah, yeah. I did think Wolves were the better team. Um, on your question about, it always seems like Leeds, yeah. we, we go ahead and then Leeds, Pegasus, blah, blah, blah. Might be, might um, be, might yeah. be placebo thing. I'm not no, sure. To be fair, before, yeah. So historically, no. Um, Wolves have a very good record against Leeds in the last sort of five years or so. Um, but no, in the last year so since October last year that's the third time Wolves have taken the lead and not won the game against Leeds yeah. so yeah it, it is it is a pattern yeah. it happened twice last season um, yeah. and then it happened this season as yeah. well um, JB you alluded to we may as well just quickly talk yeah about, yeah sure to the, the system to the to the back four um, it won't be lost on any Wolves fans that um, the loss of Connor Cody is a big 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 step towards a back four as yeah. as a system for the future um, he's gone on loan. He's gone to yeah. Everton. Um, strange one. Yeah. JB, where, where do you stand on that? <laughs> um, 
Wow. Um, I saw it coming. I, I think I think Bruno Large has always um, wanted to implement a, a back four. Um, he got his man in Nathan Collins in the summer. Obviously, Max Kilman um, has really stepped up and become one of one of one of the the the, the top class sort of centre halves outside the top six, if you like. Yeah. Um, in the Premier League, so I think that was always coming. On the deal itself, I think I think alone with an option to buy, even though there has been some reports come out in the last sort of twenty four hours that it, it, it's pre as, as long as Cody does okay and makes an impression, Everton stay up. They they will execute that that, that option to buy. Um, but ultimately, when it's not a legal obligation, then you've always got that sort of worry. Um, there's been lots of conflicting reports. You know, you can read a lot into things through Twitter, through Instagram, through the the, the wording of what his wife's put on Instagram and, and, and things that have been said. And it's really difficult to say. I think initially, I think there's, there's conflicting views. A lot, a lot of people think, oh, hang on a second, you know, he obviously found out he wasn't going to be first choice. He's, he wants to go. Um, he, he wants to try and guarantee that that's it for the World Cup, etc. Because he probably won't get another chance to play mm-hmm. in the World Cup. And kind of, you know, he's been by far the best club captain I've had in my lifetime, and we wish him well, sort of thing. On the other hand, people are going maybe he should have tried to stay and fight for his place, you know, rather than just sort of giving up the ghost a little bit. Other conflicting reports say that there was a little bit of issues behind the scenes, and and. You know, I think Roman Saiz put something on on um, on Instagram when he when he when he sort of added him and what have him was like it shit the way it turned out or something like that. And so there's a lot of different conflicting reports about things that may and may have gone on, but ultimately, unless you're in in, in that circle as such, you, you don't know. I just my personal opinion is Lars wanted a back four. He didn't see Cody as first choice. Lars has been waiting now over a season to be able to implement and bring in his own players and, and properly you know, um, implement his own style as such. And he plays a back four. He, he tried to briefly double with it last year. Um, and even though I quite like, like the look of it when we did play the back four, actually, he never sort of pers- persisted with it because it wasn't quite working. Um, we are well-stocked in the centre-back region. You know, you've got natural centre-halves such as Bolly and Mosquera sitting on the bench, um, who, who in a back four are probably stronger than Connor Cody. Um and so, in a way, it's a good move for him. And I really wish him well. Listen, he's been a, he's an incredible person just to watch on the TV. He's infectious. I've loved him being our captain, by far the best captain of, of my generation um, at my club. You know, he took us from, you know, mid-championship, sort of the doldrums as such, to European quarterfinals, you know, uh, FA Cup semi-final, consecutive top seven finishes in the Prem. He's been an incredible captain, leader, person to have around the club and a great player as well at times. Really, really great player. There's no dispute in that. But Bruno Large has obviously got his identity, he wants to stamp on this team and where he wants to go. And Conor Cody doesn't fit into a back four. Everton are most likely going to play a back five this year and he fits in perfect for them. You know, he, he's, he, he's he's going to be a great sort of his home city. And I, I really do wish him well. Um, I, I'm not one of these that, you know, fans that sort of, get a little bit too sentimental as such, you know. It almost reminds me a bit of the whole Nuno conversation we had last yeah, yeah. year and you were like, go on, tell me what you're not. And I went, yeah, I think it's time for Nuno to go. And you were like, <gasps> and it was that sort of thing. But these cycles come to an end and, and, and you have to move on. And Conor Cody's been an except, listen, £2 million from Huddersfield in 2015. Probably value for money, probably one of the best signings we've ever made, it, it, the, way, the way he turned out. Um, but, you know, he goes with, with that, with the club's blessings. I thought the club statement was very telling in terms of that he wanted to go. The club wouldn't stand in his way because of the service he's provided to the club. And it's a good move all round. Um, the only disappointment is I just wish there was an obligation to buy because if just for any reason, just have a really poor season, everything decide that a back five's not for them or whatever, and everything go, do you know what? £12 million actually... If that's the mooted fee, that's the fee that's being thrown out. Nobody knows if that's the true reflection of figure. That's just something that you've seen on Twitter, basically. Um, actually, we don't really invest in that. He almost comes back to us as damaged goods with one year left in his contract. We're in the Adama Traore situation again. And I was just wish we would have learned from that bar because we got absolutely bent over a bow with the Barcelona deal, a nightmare deal for the club and player. And Traore, we're still in that situation now. He doesn't look to be any, getting anywhere near the first team at the moment. We've got a player sitting on the books on decent wedge who probably doesn't really want to play for us. We don't really know anyone who wants to have him. 
Um, and I wouldn't want that for Connor Cody, if that makes sense. Could, not for him, because of what a, such, such a great guy he is and what he's done for the club, but also for the club, because ultimately it's all about the club. So that's where, where, I, am, where I am at with it, really. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. It, you're always going to hit this tension when there's a, a player who's been there for so long and he is so yeah. integral to the way um, a team sets up. Uh, when a new manager comes in, it, 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 they, they tried last season to play the back four with Cody, but when a new manager comes in, you, something's got to give. Um, and Bruno Large... I feel like this is the first time we've seen Bruno Large's ruthless side... You know, the, the yeah. ruthless side that brought in the Benfica title in record fashion. The fact that, you know what, this is the team I want to play. This is identity. You know what, whether your club, and I don't mean this is, you know, whether you're club captain or not, I've got to do what's best for this for this side. And I want to play a back four with these players and you're not in my plans. And I feel like it's the first ruthless side of him we've seen. Um, yeah, absolutely. Hope, there might be, there yeah. might be a, bit of, a, a bit of that, but also, as you alluded to already, JB, it... it Connor Cody will be looking at that and thinking, okay, we're going to play back four. Not my best uh, formation. I probably won't play. I'll go out and play, try and get myself in that World Cup team. And I'm sure he'll be there because he's um, he's a bit of a cheerleader. Well for what isn't there, yeah. Yeah, he, regardless of whether he plays, he's, um, he's, he's a good lad around the camp or whatever they say. Um, but yeah, so uh, staying with transfer news, staying with Wolves, JB, this wasn't what we penciled in for a running order, but we may as well while we're here. Um, yeah. Wolves have made one sign-in. Um, you signed, um, bear with me here, Portuguese listeners, um, yeah. Gonzalo Guedes. I have no idea how to pronounce that. I'm sure we'll figure it out in time. Um, I think it's just a Z sound because I watched the Wolves video um, when they announced it. And, and I think one of the, the I don't know, the, the player liaison woman, ladies sort of thing, asked him a question and he, he just went Guedes. He just went Guedes. Um, well, um, he's, he's so come from Valencia. Um, yeah. We're big fans of Valencia, aren't we, JB? Not the football. Yes, club, we are. Place we love Valencia. You've yeah. been um, in the Valencian region in the last yeah. week or so. Um, yeah. Can you confirm or deny your role in bringing him to the Molyneux? Yeah, I had a couple of days with him. Yeah, just shared a couple of Australia Galicias, a um, couple of uh, Americanos in the morning. We chatted, played a bit of football on the beach together. Um, he, he said to me, I'd love nothing more than to actually play off you in a front two. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, he said, I oh, know that's not possible, but you know, the fact that, that you, you are you're a Wolverhampton boy and you support the club, it is enough for me. So I, I gave Jorge Mendes a little call, said, Look, I spent a bit of time with, with Gonzalo and, and I think he's ready to commit. And yeah. I, I, left the, I left the rest of the club, to be honest, mate. And, and, so and that was, was it. What was it about, um, Guedes, that, that you saw on that beach? in the Valencian region of Spain this week. And he yeah. thought, you know what? He is the right man for Wolves. What, what's he going to bring to Molyneux, JB? Exceptional good looks, to be honest. Uh, um, uh, exceptional uh, good looks. Uh, and, and just that sort of Portuguese charisma, really. Um, great have you got enough good looks and Portuguese charisma? Absolutely. It, it, it's a disgustingly good-looking team, to be honest. Wolves are. Um, they really, really are. Um, hence why my missus likes team to... in England? Hence, easy. Hence why my missus actually enjoys watching them each week. But um, no, it was great feet, great feet on, on the beach, you know. Listen, I, I, I try not to show him up, you know, on, on the beach. I try not to. I let, I let him look a bit better than what he was. But he enjoyed that. That that was good for his morale and confidence boost. Mm. Um, and I think that that's what sort of sealed the deal, really. Um, See, so yeah, yeah, I was, I was pleased to play part. Yeah, people talk about, can you do it on a cold, windy night in Stoke and whatever. Yeah. It is harder to do it on the beach. Um, Absolutely. I'm, full, I'm speaking entirely sincerely now yeah football on the beach is so hard if you've ever yeah. tried to dribble football it's on the beach crazy possible um yeah anyway look at his playing <laughs> style jv look at his playing style he probably would struggle on the beach a little bit because it's yeah. um it's heavily about progressive passes and dribbling yeah. um <laughs> i think wolves wolves fans would have expected an out and out number nine to come in uh, he's yeah. not quite that he's he's a left winger who can play anywhere across the front um yeah Excited? Yeah, really excited, mate. Really excited. Look, very well thought of um, in, in Portugal. Um, just come off the back of a really good season for Valencia, probably his best season to date. Um, just ask, JB, have you seen Gonzalo Guedes all goals and assists 2021-22 HD? I haven't seen all of them. No, I've, I've seen like these little compilations and I've seen some yeah. unbelievable goals. Yeah. Um, I think that's just the title of the uh, the YouTube compilation, mate. Oh, okay. There's, okay there's no. that you get all these compilations that all have the same title. It's just player, yeah. 
season, all goals and assists, HD. HD, yeah, yeah. But either way, he looks tremendous on them. Um, and I think it'd be a real asset, a real, real asset. Like I say, he can play anywhere across the front three. He's just come off the back of a really good season for Valencia. Great pedigree, you know, um, played across a number of the top leagues. Comes to England sort of in his prime, if, if you like. Um, I think in reality, I think the money that's being flung around at the moment for players, I think it, it, it's very reasonable, to be honest with you. I, I think some of the fees that are going around at the moment are crazy. But yeah, really, really excited to see him, mate. It's, it's another quality addition to the squad that we're desperate. I still think we're two or three players short. Um, and I'm excited, I say excited, I'm intrigued to see where we go in terms of our next few signings because we are short. The club will know we're short. That bench on... I don't want to go negative now because it, it obviously it's really exciting we brought in a player of, of Guedes' quality. But that bench on Saturday was... I believe, and I'd love to... It's impossible to say it's all on personal opinion, but probably the worst bench in Premier League history. It um, was poor. It was poor. But uh, Conor Cody was on it as well, so there'll be one less. First yeah, exactly. On it. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, so we are desperate for reinforcement still. Potentially, Morgan Skip White could and should be going if the figures that are being thrown around that Forrester are willing to pay are true. As good a player and as integral as I thought he was going to be for us, I think if you can get anywhere near £40 million for Morgan Gibbs-White, I'll give him a piggyback to the city ground. Um, <laughs> not an issue whatsoever. Um, you know, and even if it's add-ons, even if it's add-ons, you know, I, I think depending on appearances, goals, etc. Um, you know, I, I think anything over 30 mil up front is crazy money, and that can be really, really wisely invested back into the squad. Um, you know, I mean, even if, even if you didn't add on such as like for every, you know, I, I don't know, X amount of million per how many TikToks he's gonna do with Jesse Lingard. You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Because he'll, he'll do loads of them. Him and Jesse Lingard will be like doing all the TikTok stuff and what have you. And, 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 and I think we'll, we'll get some decent add-ons for that. But on a serious note, I think anything over 30 mil for Morgan Gibbs-White is incredible business, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I think for that money, um, you just take the money. Uh, but if Forrest are going to offer silly money like 40 million, it doesn't matter what Morgan Gibbs-White um, might be worth to Wolves in the future. 40 million... Um, it, it, it's too much to say no, really, JB. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. When, when you when you know when you say like that, four million. And obviously, I know times change and whatever, but it wasn't that long ago that we sold Diego Jota for forty-five. You know, and when you put it like that, you think, hang on a second. You know, like I say, it could be integral to us for the next five, ten years. But you can reinvest that wisely, and and if the player as well, you don't know if the players shown a, um shown a, a desire to go either. You know, and things like Danny Fee's shown a desire to go because he's played with Steve Cooper before for the England of the 17s. You know, they may have had a word and spoke to him and, and, and spoke about how they want him to play in their system and what they think. And he, he might Swansea be more into well, JB. Swansea you what, well. sorry? And at Swansea too. He played with Oh, Steve. Swansea, of course. Of course, at Swansea. Um, you know, so, and when you play, and there is, you know, even on a Sunday league or Saturday afternoon level, when you've, when you've played for certain managers before and, and if that manager comes knocking and, and, and what have you, you do, I've done it before yeah. on, in a completely different level of football where I probably played for a better side, but then a manager who I've got a lot of time for respect and said, look, we come and do a job for me, this, that and the other. And you, and you do. And it might be that sort of angle as well. Um, so, yeah, so it'd be interesting, but I just think personal opinion is I think they've shown their hand, they're willing to spend the money. I think a couple more million up front will probably do it. And my hope would be that that will be reinvested very wisely within the next, what we got, two and a half weeks till the end of August, now three. I'm, I'm losing track of the, the time, yeah. give or yeah. take. Yeah, we're on the 10th so, now, so yeah. yeah, things will need to move quickly anyway. Yeah, 100%. But, okay, this yeah. is um, an Albion and Wolves podcast, and we've barely <laughs> mentioned Albion so far, so apologies Albion fans if you're still listening. Um, we'll just quickly segue back to our, um, our trivia question at the start, and then we will... Um, finished the pod for the last half an hour probably with some Albion chat. JB, uh, yep. the four players were Idei Brown, yep. Asa Chadley, Rui Patricio, Ruben Neves. Who's the most expensive? Who's the least expensive? And then tell me the two in the middle as well. Right, yeah. I've, 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 I've switched a little bit about a thing. You, you threw me a curveball when you said the price you got Adam Wingy for. 
Um, and then I've, I've thought of a couple of actually other examples from Russian and sort of Ukrainian teams over there where there have been some bargains. Now, I'll be dead honest with you, I cannot even remember who that brown kid is, to be honest. I wouldn't have even known who he was. I mean, what, what sort of year are we talking? When was um, it? It was, we signed him in 2014. I think it was the Alan Irving team. Oh, crikey. Wow. Yeah, See, I'd, even well, for, I'd, even for, I'd even forgot about him. Um, when Berahino was there, he was he was overshadowed a bit by Berahino. Okay. Um, I am going to go, well, I'm going to just, just say it and rather than drag it out. I'm going to go NASA Chadley, most expensive. I'm going to say he was around the, the 20 mil-ish mark, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. I'm going to go Rue Patricio second. And for some reason, I've got 18.7 million in my head. Don't know why I've got that figure in my head. Or was it 17.8, actually? No, I'm swapping. Sorry. Never second at 18 million, I think. Patricio at 17.8. These are just guesses. And then I'm going to go that brown kid. And I'm guessing he was maybe about 15, something like that. So I'm going to go Chadley one, Neves two, Patricio three, brown four. That, that's, okay. my, that's my guess. Okay, JB. I can reveal to you and the listeners that the least expensive player in that list was yeah. Dave Brown. Okay. Um, but that was, yeah, that was at 11.37 million. So a little bit less than you thought. Was he, was he worth it? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> one of the worst players we've been familiar with. terrible. Anyway, um, yeah. next we have... NASA Chadley, 6 ah, mil. How um, much? 13.6. I thought he was more than that. See, I would, I would never... I, I genuinely thought he was more... I actually thought at one point he was like 25 or something. No. Who, did, you, did you sign to him about 25 mil, a midfielder, when you in the prem? Am I making that um, up? Well, NASA Chadley was probably our, our most expensive sign-in. Um, okay. I've got that... Yeah, I'm, 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 I thought he was touching 20. We signed Dean Garner for nearly 20. Signed Colin Grant for nearly 20. Wow. Maybe, yeah, yeah I've got that lot, yeah. Okay. If get us up this season, then 20 yeah. million is worth it for both of those two. Okay. Anyway, it was the, it was um, the second. It, what did uh, you say? Did you say Neves was more expensive or Patricio was more expensive? I thought, was Neves 15? He's either 15 or 18. Now I'm questioning myself. I can't remember the job. I said Patricio 17.8 and then Neves 18. Okay. But now I'm questioning myself. I think it was Neves actually 15. Which way are you going? Who are you putting number one? Who are you putting number two? I can't, no, I've already changed my mind, though. Right. Neves. Or was it Jota that was 15? JB. I'm, no, I'm, st- I'm sticking. Go on. Go on. Right. Um, it was most- 15.8, wasn't he, Neves? Was he 15.8? That's your closest guess so far. Neves was 16.1 mil, according to ah. Transfer Marked. Um, Rue Patricio, after the tribunal, was 16.2. So it's very close. Patricio ah. uh, was the most expensive. So you've got expensive. the only player you got. Player got yeah. It was a Danny Brown <laughs> you can't remember. <laughs> and I was going to get that wrong as well, because I was going to put him as the most expensive. Uh that's the worst trip I've had in a while, that is. I usually nail I'm really impression that is. Really, really like that. Really like that. Uh, Very good. Go easy on me next week, JB. Maybe you can... Oh, mate, I'm, I'm doing it like to the to the pound next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's made the most appearances for us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so, very good. Very good, mate. Right, JB. Um, let's get on to um, yep. the other half of the black country. Um, we started our season with... Um, a one-all draw away at Middlesbrough. That is a, a point which is not to be sniffed at. Um, to be honest, I'm more than happy with that, especially the way we played in the first half. Um, yeah, it's a good result. Yeah. We followed that with probably a performance which was twice as good. Um, and we're at home, but we went one nil down to goal of the season. Um, stop stop that now. There's no point tracking goal of the season from now to the end of the year. Um and we had to show character, which wasn't there last season, to, to rattle a point in the end. Um, that was by, by Rob Edwards' admission, so the, the Watford manager's admission. Yeah. That was daylight robbery that we didn't win that game. Um, however, um, they had a penalty, which they missed with 20 minutes to go. We didn't really create that many cut, you know, clear cut chances in the second half. Um, 
And after the goal, we weren't as dominant as we had been. Um, Forrest, Forrest uh, Watford will obviously be thinking, yeah, well, that's a good point. We, we got away with one there. But I'm, I'm thinking the same. I'm thinking, yeah, it's a good point. You, 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 you yeah. just look at those two first games. You said Millsborough away, Watford at home. Give me two points. Give us a platform to go to build on for the rest of the season. We haven't lost yet. We've had two decent performances, one very good performance. Um, Jed Wallace has got an assist. John Swift's got a goal. Um, Colin Grant's got a goal. Grady Dean Garner's got an assist. You know, the players you want to, to build yeah. that confidence, they, they've done it. I, I, Other than the fact we probably should have taken three points against Watford, maybe. <clears> I'm me. looking at those opening two games and I'm happy. I'm really, yeah. really pleased with where we're at, JB. Um but I, I think it's a little bit of a false dawn when you look at um, the position we now find ourselves with um, DK's injury. Yeah. Um, awful for DK. He's, he's had a thigh strain. And as Steve Bruce said this week, um, it's it's crazy that this is a kid who's never had injuries. He's played so many games. He would, go, he would play in the MLS and then he went on loan to Barnsley. Then he went straight back to the MLS. Then he came to us. When you look at it like that, it's no wonder he's, he's burnt out a little bit. But... He's never had injury trouble, and then he's come to to Albion. He's done a hamstring, um, and did that same hamstring again when he was getting back to yeah. fitness. And now he's he's done a thigh. I don't know if it's the same leg, which would make sense if the yeah. thigh is overcompensating for his hamstring. It would make sense. Um, anyway, seven million pound man. He is he is such a wild card of a footballer that he is worth x amount of points a season he's, he's so good to have in your team however he's played 96 minutes um since he signed in january so we're not looking at um any sort of return for our investment at the moment i hope he comes back i hope he's fit um gutted for him because he, he should have been going to the world cup uh, the usa have qualified and if he'd had a good run of games i'm sure he'd have got there um so i'm really disappointed for him also disappointed for albion also disappointed to hear that steve bruce has said this week um, oh, it's a shame because I wasn't in the market for a number nine with the way that we play and we've got our two out and out number nines. That means that he thinks Carlin Grant is an out and out number nine. The chances that Carlin Grant missed on, on Monday night, that is not an out and out number nine. So if it took, so if he wasn't in the market for a number nine before DK's injury, um, I'd like to think that performance would have shown Steve Bruce that Carlin Grant isn't an out and out number nine. Um, the one benefit of of Grant playing as a number nine is it means Diangana will start. Um, and Diangana looked bright the other day. But yeah, uh, we, we have to sign a striker. I, I'm not sure whether Keenan Davis is available. Um, he did very well at Forest last year uh, on loan from Villa. I don't know if Villa will want a loan to Steve Bruce with everything that went on with them. Um, yeah, we, we need a striker. We need to find it ASAP because we, you can find yourself, because a lot of games in August, you can find yourself almost cast adrift from the top two. Obviously, it's a long season, but we could find ourselves 10 points off the top two if we have the same problem we had against Watford, where we just can't yeah. put the ball in the net. Um, yeah, worrying. Really worrying times. I'm gutted to hear that, that DK's injured, uh, to be honest, because, yeah, it's so exciting. But that's football, in it? Um, obviously, at, at Wolves, Jimenez is injured and you've had to go into the market. I'm sure you go again. Yeah. Um, we find ourselves in the exact same position. So really encouraged by the opening two performances. And as you said last week, JB, um, that you look at that team and you think, yeah, the goals will be shared around, um, which is fine for now. Like we can share the goals around. You want a couple of people to maybe hit 15, a couple of people to hit 10, then, then, you, can go, then you can go up that way. But I don't know if we're going to be able to share the goals for the whole season. So yeah, sure. early warning signs are, despite the positive performances. I, and I'm not, I'm not a pessimistic Albion fan. I no, know I'm not at all. But yeah, I'm, I'm severely worried um, if our front line until DK's back is Grant on his own because bless him, Carlin Grant, Carlin Grant, you can't fault what he's done for the Albion since he joined. He's tried so hard. He's got goals, but he's not the best um, as the number nine. He's not the best finisher. Um, yeah. It's just volume of chances with Carlin Grant. He just gets himself... He does get goal. a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, you know, he scored goals at Huddersfield, scored goals at Albion in the Championship. He just finds himself in goal-scoring positions a lot. And he takes penalties, which helps. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, the, the massive positive for me um, from the opening two games, as well as the new signings looking good and Yukushu had this little cameo look brilliant, uh, is the defence. We look so much more solid. 
And Shemi Ajayi next to Dara O'Shea. Shemi Ajayi looks like the Ajayi that we saw in the Premier League. He was a man mountain that year. Um, we were singing his praises every week. We, and it kind of wasn't the common view, but we were a bit like, how is he not left when we got relegated? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. A bigger and better team would come in for him. So, yeah, that's a massive positive. Um, Darnell Furlong was much better um, against Watford. So there are there's positives all over the park, apart from, um, yeah, apart from maybe Livermore, who it, it yeah. just looks like it, every year it gets closer and closer that you think, oh, Livermore's not got the pace anymore. Livermore hasn't got the touch. Livermore can't do this. Livermore can't do that. He does this thing. Alvin fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. The ball comes to him, chest height. He jumps, chests it. And then because he doesn't trust himself, he just like, he sort of softly volleys, volleys the ball 15 yards further forward. He did it week in, week out last year. And it's the most frustrating thing. You want your centre midfielders to just get the ball down and try and find a teammate. Um, and I'm not blaming Livermore for, for Sarr's goal from his own half, but that is what happened just before Naby Sarr scored. Um, yeah. Naby Sarr, he's Mayla Sarr. Sorry, wrong Sarr. Um, that is exactly what happened just before Sarr scored the other day. Um, so it's refreshing to see you, Kushlu in and around the team, uh, who yeah. looked class, by the way. It is it yeah. is 15 minutes. He just he looked so composed, like nothing could go wrong when he has the ball, uh, such would. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what the starting lineup will be for our game in the League Cup against Sheffield United. I imagine Reyes Cleary will play in that because uh, he's our, our best young striker. So I'd imagine yeah. he'll, he'll start <laughs> that game, give Colin Grant a rest. Um, and then we'll try and integrate him into the team until we get another striker in. Um, other than that, probably expect your Kushlu to start that game, Mowat to start that game, Phillips to start yeah. that game, uh, Alex Palmer to start in goal. But really, I'm I'm not I'm not too bothered about the the cup. The, the stakes are so high. When you're running out of parachute payments, you've got to go up. At this yeah, start sure. last parachute payment year, we've got to go up. So the league has to be the priority. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we've got a um, tough game again against Blackburn. Um, we may as well preview it now um, because it's so early in the season. You can't you can't make a um, an in depth preview because you don't know what what version of the two sides are going to turn up. But Blackburn are setting the early pace. Um, they look very good. Um, they look uh, much much stronger than they finished last season. Uh-huh. Um, still got Ben um, Ben Brereton Diaz. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a dangerous, dangerous place to go. We're away at Ewood as well. It's Sunday. Um, so we played Thursday, Sunday. That's tough for Albion. Yeah, Monday, yeah. Thursday, Sunday. So we will see rotation in the, in the League Cup, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if we're going to win that game. I, to be honest, I think we'll get another point. I'm going to go one all again. Start the season with three one-all draws. Um JB, we will preview Wolves and we have got some other things to do. Yeah, yeah. Took me a, an Albion-Blackburn prediction. Yeah, again, I'll, I'll just briefly recap. I thought you were very good against Watford, like you said. I thought um, game should have been out of sight by half-time um, quite easily. But it's funny how games like that turn, like you said, in a weird way, no matter how excuse me, how well you played, you came out of it thinking, actually, Christ, you know, I'm, I'm glad we got a point, which, which is crazy, because of how well you played. Um, good point at Middlesbrough. So, You've you've kind of had a solid start, and like I said, you probably took two points in those opening two two games, definitely. And like you said, you know things that you wanted to see the the uh, the improvement in the sort of the confidence of the defence. You know your your um your midfield and sort of going into your your front sort of um your front players. You know Jed Wallace, John Swift, etc. Sort of doing the bits you expected them to do. So I think there are some really good and positive signs. But like I said, the DK injury has knocked you back a little bit because he was obviously going to be your focal point. Um, and as you say, there's, there's some teams that are starting already after two games and showing signs of just being a bit more clinical, putting the chances away, getting those points on the board. And as you rightly say, if you don't do that in the next week or so, by the end of August, that top two could almost seem Christ. You know, it, it, it's starting to seem a bit of a, a distant memory already. But, you know, you, you can't sort of forecast things too far in the future. You've got to sort of go with the here and now. In terms of Blackburn, Really tough game. I think we touched on it off air. They've won two out of two, haven't they? Already look a good side. Kept all the Brayton Diaz um, for, for the time being anyway. Um, and he's scoring goals. So tough place to go, especially after you've got a game on, on Thursday. Um, even though, like I said, I think there'll be a bit of rotation in that. 
I don't like sitting on the fence and I don't often like choosing the same result as you because it's, it's interesting when we go a different way, see who's sort of more, more right and more wrong. But I, I'm going to go one all as well. I, th- I think I think it'll be three one all draws to start the season. Um, and then obviously I'm not quite sure who you've got next week as in the week after. Um, but I'll be that Cardiff, mate, Cardiff at home midweek. Yeah, so that, that should be a real springboard towards a game that you should be looking at winning. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go one all away, um, a, a hard fought, um, digging deep sort of style one all draw. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I'd take, I'd take a point as well because the three fixtures following Blackburn are Cardiff, Hull, Huddersfield. Uh, then we play Wigan as well to finish, yeah. uh, to finish August off uh, before a trip. Uh, no, before a, a home game against Burnley. So yeah, um, there's points to be had in the rest of August. Uh-huh. Um, if we can stay undefeated, um, yeah, maybe even win at Blackburn. It's it's tough this early in the season, especially when there's been a new manager. You don't know what's what's new, what's new manager about, what's a big improvement for a team, and what's just a flash in the pan. So sure. that's why I'm, I'm I'm reluctant to to get too high or too low on Albion and other teams as well. It's just yeah. it always happens with the early running in the season. Um, JB, we have some listeners' questions. Thank you to the listeners for those questions. Um, uh-huh. It is my fault that we don't normally get listeners' questions, JB. Quite often, I forget to tweet out um, that we're recording, uh, but we did this on this occasion, and we got some listeners' questions in. A couple of good questions. First question, JB. I sent this to you yesterday. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it. Um, after Sar's amazing goal last night, what's the best goal you've seen scored against your team? And that's from Adam Rigby. That is a great question. Shout what's out, Riggers. Yeah, what's the best what's the best goal you've ever seen scored against oh. your team? <laughs> Unfortunately, being a Wolves fan for 35 years, I've seen too many goals against us. Um Oh God! I sh- I sh- again, I-, I did see the message you sent me, looking, but I haven't had time to research and, and-, and think. Um, I mean, one that stands out that always does the rounds on the sort of the Premier League years, and and you see on Twitter and people go, "Can you believe this guy scored this goal?" and he gets like three and a half thousand retweets. Is a striker called Johan Almanda oh, for Bolton. Bolton. What a and, goal! And he literally just turned our defence inside out with the quickest fairy ballet feet in the world in the box made Stearman and whoever it was might have been Jody Craddock at the time it was when I was working for Wolves yeah. um, and, he, and he just twisted and turned in the box with the ball just stuck to his feet and he just calmly plays into the bottom corner past Hennessy I mean that one stands out um, that was a brilliant goal I forgot about that yeah um, apart from that I'm trying to think oh, what I'll do is I'm going to say that one I'm going to say that one today yeah. I'm going to do a little bit of research between now and the next time we record. And I'm, I'll do a little list. I'm going to do a little list, maybe maybe a one to three, the best goals conceded. And maybe we can be a bit of bit of effort. Maybe we can post a YouTube link to them or something yeah, for the viewers to see. Um, but yeah, great question, Riggers. And shout out for listening to the pod. He's a big Man United fan. Um, but he sort of listens to the pod every week religiously. Good mate of mine, Riggers. So shout out to, to Riggs. Nice. I think what that about- goal is, is the best goal I've ever seen scored against Albion. Um, I was yeah. watching it. I was watching it in the in the pub with um, two blokes I didn't know. Just got chatting to them during the game, and they were like, "Oh, you must be gutted." And I'm like, "Well, no, like that's going to happen once every twenty years." To your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can you say? Um, but yeah, that's the best goal I've ever seen scored against Albion. Um, I remember some amazing team goals. I remember there was a goal. Oh, Jack Wilshere scored against Albion, which are just yeah. awesome. Um, going back years now but yeah anyway I'll, I'll do the same JB I'll say yeah. Sar for now and we'll do a top three um, yeah. for you and I for our the, the uh-huh. best goals we've seen scored against our team um, second question oh and also uh, Riggers has asked a second question um, on the, the theme of Man United um, okay. whose transfer activity has been worse Man United or Wolves it's not not even a question we, not even a question Wolves by far um, yeah, I worse, worse sorry worse. Yeah, 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 I yeah, worse yeah. sorry Man United sorry by far we've signed Nathan Collins for a third of the price of their defender um, and he's, he's twice the player we've got Guedes in um, for, for 30 mil and, and they're, they're, they're sniffing around for Arnautovic and Andy Cowell I think um, yeah. so 
Yeah, at the, at the moment, I, I'll probably say this now, by the time the next recorder this goes out, they've probably made a couple of worldy signings. I think after that, is it Rabiot from Juventus? I think that's a near of a done deal. Yeah, I, but I'm I, not a massive fan of him. I think he's a bit of a, a clogger, to be honest. Yeah, he's a little bit um, a little bit passive whenever I've yeah. seen him in the Champions League. But I, yeah. I remember liking him. I, I thought he was a, a good player. Yeah. I've seen him play for France and thought, oh, there's a player yeah. there, but... But as, as we as we stand this morning, I'd definitely say, and, and Wolves' business hasn't been great either. But so, so it's it's not great on either side. He, he's right, but I think Wolves are just about edged. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. I, I think Man United have had a very underwhelming window. But thank you yeah. for the question, Rigas. Um, second question uh, from Max, friend of the pod again. Um, who's getting more? I say friend of the pod um, is my brother, so he's a little bit more than. <laughs> Uh, who's getting more goal contributions this season, Neto or Wallace? Oh, that is a top, top question. I I think it's easy. Yeah, I I, 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 I do. I think to me, Wallace. Yeah, I think Wallace is so consistent. He, he, he whips something like 21 crosses into the box. Against, yeah. Yeah. Um, Again. It's hard as well because obviously Neto put the ball in against Leeds and Huang headed it down and then Pedent scored, yeah. but that doesn't class as a contribution, does it? I don't think. No, I think there's a stat called goal involvement. Um, yeah. Like that, uh, but no, but that it, wouldn't class. It's almost like the last touch before the goal, isn't it? So it's, yeah. it's quite different. It's quite a, a controversial stat in a way because I think Neto has an involvement in so, in so many goals, but it's not always a final touch before the goal. But I just think Wallace, in terms of the role he's going to play for Albion, the amount of games Albion will play, put it compared to Wolves, um, and, and the fact that he's just such a seasoned championship player, um, I think, yeah, I, th- I think Wallace all, all, all in terms of... Um, did we say involvement or assist? Which, yeah, whichever word. Just goal contributions. So goal both. contributions, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll probably say one. Well, because obviously no disrespect to Pedro Neto. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have okay, plenty of his own. Okay, so what about if we scale it so it's per per 90? So goal involvement's per 90. Do you still think Wallace? Oh, yeah, possibly. Because I, I, I would expect Albion... I would expect Albion to... To, to, to be on the front foot of most games and to and score more goals than Wolves. Score more goals, I would expect yeah. that. So, um, yeah, it's a funny one. Really good, again, really good question. Um, yeah. Really good question. But yeah, I'll, I'll think I'll just stick my neck out and say Wallace. Nice. If you do have any questions for us next week, listeners, you can get us at BCR Pod on Twitter. JB, we've got one thing left to do. Uh, the only thing we've got left to do is preview Wolves against Fulham. Um, Fulham looked very, very good against the best team in the... Well, one of the best teams in the league, yeah. like Champions League finalists last season. Um, Mitrovic looked dangerous. I don't think... I, I mean, maybe maybe I'm not seeing it right, but I don't think it was a penalty. Um, I, for me, I, he's, there's no... Thank contact. you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Strange because oh god, I have the amount of arguments I've had with with, with people who've said like, Stonewalks is a clash of knees, and I'm like, for God's sake, like oh, I don't think that's a penalty because oh, it, no, nor do I, nor do no. I. Um, I also, it, it's a really really strange one. It has to be a penalty because Shemia Jays brought him down. But did you see the Albion penalty? No, oh, I didn't see it. I can't comment. I'm afraid. Yeah, um, yeah. Shemia Jay tripped tripped over the striker. And him tripping over the striker brought the striker down. So it's fair enough. Shemir Jay's forces brought the striker down. But it was totally accidental contact that was initiated by the by the striker, which is very strange. But yeah, anyway, it, I think it was a penalty in the Albion game. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that Mitrovic wasn't no, was a penalty. But anyway, no, no, people no, love no. to have a go at Virgil van Dijk. And um, yeah. yeah, he's there to be shot at as the best defender in probably in world football, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, Right, JB, I, I actually think this is a bit of a banana skin. I know you said there's there's not many better fixtures. Um, yeah. I I fancy Mitrovic to score again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go one all. I'm going to go one yeah. all. Again, one all for the yeah. third time in this podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Wolves one, Fulham one. Um, Fulham to open the scoring, Wolves to equalise. Yeah. I am... Um... Yeah, I, I, we spoke off air, didn't we? And I said that um, in terms of uh, a sort of a bounce-back fixture after an opening day defeat, you, you, you'd want a, a newly promoted team at home, which is what we've got. But And that's no 
disrespect or discredit to Fulham because they were excellent against Liverpool. Very, very good. Looked a sort of different animal to the Fulham that we last saw in the Premier, if you like. Um, Mitrovic looked excellent. Um, the thought of playing Mitrovic over the last few years has absolutely filled me with fear, um, mainly because he, he used to bully Cody to the point of, of, of um, you know, sort of the NSPCC should have been called sort of thing. Um, you know, but... Um, we, we Cody's not there anymore, bless him. Um, and I'm far more confident in, in, in the back two that we'll be playing to sort of try and nullify that. But that doesn't mean to say that I don't think he's going to score or have a field day or anything like that because he's a very, very good striker. Um, again, I agree, could be a potential banana skin, really tough one to call purely because I don't know if there's going to be any more signings this week. I don't know how, if he's going to fit Guedes in. Is he going to play, you know... Is he going to sort of play the, the same side in terms of the, the front three? Um, I'm, I'm really not sure, mate. It's a really difficult one to call for me because Fulham are going to be riding high because to, to get a two-all result, two-all results against Liverpool in the opening game of the season and play so well with it as well, um, it means that they that they, they'll be full of confidence. My head agrees with you. I, I, my head agrees with you. One all, I, I, I do. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense but I, I, I can't go out on a pod and, and, and not back Wolves to win at home um, against any promoted side when, when hopefully with a new signing on board and you know a full week of learning the lessons that we should have learnt against Leeds um, first time game of the season I really hope we'd go out there and make a statement so as much as I agree with you I am going to disagree just slightly I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves um, which I've gone for two weeks on the trot now. I can't keep saying two one wolves every week, so I will try and mix it up. But I just, I just, um, yeah, I really want us to go out, get the three points, and and, and just show that we've learned the mistakes from last week. Um, and like I said, if the fixture can be a good of thrown up as an ideal fixture as possible, this would have been it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go two two one wolves. But like I say, with with the potential to be a banana skin, because Fulham did look very good on Saturday. Lovely stuff, JB. Um, do you have anything to add before we sign off? Not really, mate, to be honest with you. It's been good catching up. Um, look forward to catching up with you again next week, mate. And yeah, just uh, enjoy the sunshine, everyone, because it's absolutely glorious. It is, yeah. Get yourselves on a, on a morning walk and listen to yeah. the only West Brom and Wolves podcast out there. Absolutely. Um, I wonder why, JB. I wonder why this is a USP. Um, I don't know. Do you know what? That again, that's a great. I I would love to see if we literally are the only dedicated podcast within the UK between two major rival clubs. So you know, is there a Birmingham Villa one? Is there a Chelsea Arsenal one? Is there a Man City? Um, well, Man United Liverpool or Man City Man United? Is there a Newcastle Sunderland one? No Ipswich, whatever. And that. To be fair, mate, we, we we could be onto something because I'd be very surprised. Very surprised. Again, maybe a little bit of research. Um, yeah, so I again for the listener, one one thing that if, if I had the time, if it was my job, I'd love to have a um I'd love to have almost a network of rivalry podcasts up and down the country. Yeah. That that would be a long-term goal. Um, but First and foremost, it's growth with this podcast, which is tough when it's when it's a part-time affair. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would love that. I'd love if we had, um, you know, I might not put this out, Davey. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is the uh, the, the long-term business plan. No, but uh, that's that would be that would be ideal. I think we're very unique in what we do. Um, yeah, I, I think, think so you know, we don't often praise ourselves, but I think the journey we've been on over the last sort of coming up to two years now. Um, in terms of how we've grown the listener base, in terms of the broader appeal as well. You know, obviously we do get a lot of Wolves and Albion fans listen, but we do get a lot of fans listening that, that aren't Wolves and Albion fans that enjoy the content. Um, and as I said in the, in the pod the other week, I think our aim is just at times broaden out a little bit, trying to get some guests on that might appeal to, to sort of a wider football football fan base. But ultimately, um, I, think, I think we do a good job and... Um, yeah, the fact that we do have a lot of listeners that aren't Wolves and Albion fans is testament to what we do. So that's just a little bit of self-praise for, for, for me and you, buddy. Yeah, well, 
I'm, I'm not going to jump in on the self-praise, but yeah. Um, <laughs> or, or on the other hand, maybe it's a USP because no one wants to listen to people talk about their rivals, JB. Um, Absolutely. And I'm talking the positive, yeah, positive mindset. Yeah, I like it, JB. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for listening if you've got this far. You just had that little nugget of information, which was, um, yeah, definitely a ramble. Um, yeah. <laughs> JB, it's been a pleasure. Listeners, thank you very much. Um, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. Mm-hmm.